When it comes to new information, it is often said that humans tend to be afraid of what they don't understand. This is especially true in regards to human sexuality. Back in the 1970s, Anita Bryant, an anti-gay spokesperson, promoted the idea that by accepting gays and lesbians into society that it would result in the demoralization of the United States and lead to an increase in homosexuality among children. And while LGBTQ plus identities have increased since the mid and late 1900s, the reasoning behind this is often misunderstood by conservative Christians. For the political right, the idea of the LGBTQ plus acceptance is a liberal conspiracy theory to eradicate masculinity, destroy the traditional family unit, and disobey the natural order of God. For this reason, popular conservative pundits and mainstream Republicans in the US have gone on the offense, enabling bigotry by calling transgender people mentally ill, creating documentaries asking what is a woman, and denying the reality of the transgender community and their high risk of suicide. I am your social chemist Nelson, and on today's episode, we'll be looking at the moral panic of transgenderism. During Pride Month, The Daily Wire's Matt Walsh released a documentary titled, What is a Woman? in where he goes around the world and asks people the simple question, What is a woman? Now, I was quite in a pickle because I didn't want to spend money on bigotry, but I knew that in order to give a clear assessment of the documentary, I was going to need to watch it somehow. So I decided that instead of watching the documentary, I'd buy the book on Amazon Kindle. I'd have to pay, but the less money I give them, the better. Then about three or four weeks ago, uh, Dr. Jordan Peterson did an interview with Kyle Kalinske of Secular Talk, and I thought, fantastic. Now I don't have to pay for anything because Jordan Peterson is going to make the same arguments that Matt Walsh will do in his documentary. So I'll watch that instead for free. So for today's episode, I'm going to be assessing their interview and more specifically, Dr. Jordan Peterson, because he's going to demonstrate a lot of the misconceptions that right-wingers have when it comes to human sexuality. And as a graduate student that is familiar with the psychology of hypersexuality, I think I can offer some good input. Now, I want to be clear that my area of interest is not in transgender rights or in the LGBTQIA community. My specialty is on pedophilic disorders and conspiratorial ideologies. That being said, I think I can offer more context to their conversation. Now, before we dive in, obviously, I'm not going to assume you know who Kyle Kalinske or Dr. Jordan Peterson are. So I'll give a quick summary on both of them before we start listening to their conversation. If you lean to the left politically and follow politics on YouTube, chances are you've come across Kyle Kalinske, who is the host of the popular progressive show, Secular Talk. And for the most part, he's been very influential in my political evolution. I often like hearing his assessment because he's very well informed and he knows his stuff. Like He's extremely knowledgeable. He can break it down for me when I don't have the time to do it for myself. That being said, I don't always agree with Kyle. And that's not surprising. I don't expect you as the listener to always agree with what I have to say, though I would be interested in knowing where these disagreements come from. Anyways, one of the things where Kyle loses me on is on his stance on social media having the right to ban people from their platform and his solution to regulating Facebook, Twitter, and other sites alike. I also cringe in how he demonstrates favoritism to Joe Rogan, considering that Kyle will call out misinformation when he sees it, but when Joe Rogan does it, crickets. And this has negatively impacted how people view him and his program. 
Now, Dr. Jordan Peterson is a clinical psychologist, and he is often beloved by the political right for his stance against socialism, the LGBTQ community, and wokeness. And while Jordan Peterson is an expert in psychology, he often engages in the cognitive bias of the Dunning-Kruger effect, since he believes that because he holds a PhD, that this somehow makes him an expert in every other subject that he criticizes. These include human sexuality and climate change which on his recent appearance on the Joe Rogan podcast, he denied the severity of the issue, even though the overwhelming scientific consensus says otherwise. Now to help you, the listener, get an understanding of how people in psychology and behavioral health view Jordan Peterson, I often use the example of six-pack shortcut. Back around 2013 until like 2017, if you were a beginner at working out, chances are that you googled exercises to help you build muscle. And if you did, one of the first pages that would pop up would be Six Pack Shortcut, which would offer a variety of workout pages to help you build that summer body you always dreamed of by having you bench press a wet towel while standing up. And if that sounds stupid, it's because it is. The thing about this channel was that they weren't popular because of their advice. They were popular because they had the money to advertise their bullshit videos to inexperienced people like myself who back in 2014 was bench pressing a towel while standing up because I thought that if it's on YouTube, it must be true. With that in mind, Jordan Peterson is the six pack shortcut of psychology. His input is often incorrect, but because he has the support of the Daily Wire, his content is advertised to the extent that people that are exposed to him for the first time consider him some type of legendary intellect. What makes matters worse is that whenever Jordan Peterson speaks or gives his lectures, he often overcomplicates his talking points with complex wording and analogies, making it hard for the average person to understand what he's actually saying. And shockingly, his followers find this attribute appealing because they rationalize that if people don't understand what he's saying, it's because Jordan Peterson is at a superior intellect than the average person. However, I argue that hardcore Jordan Peterson followers are not intellectually superior, but are instead hypnotized to believe that big words equate to intellectualism, which is a dilatorious concept. I'll let you pause so you can Google that word, dilatorious. A good example of what I'm talking about is when Jordan Peterson was asked whether he believed in a god. Now as a listener, if I were to ask you this question, there are three possible answers. Yes, which would make you a theist. No, which would make you an atheist. Or I don't know, which would make you an agnostic. However, when Jordan Peterson was asked this question, he decided to overcomplicate the question by asking the host, what do you mean by believe? And what do you mean by God? And by the time the host had explained the reasoning behind his question, the conversation had turned into a different topic and the original question was never answered. That is Jordan Peterson. So now that I've given you an idea of who Kyle Kalinske and Jordan Peterson are, we're going to be listening to some parts of their discussion in regards to transgender people, and I'll be breaking down some of the talking points that Kyle and Jordan make during this interview. I'll leave a link to the segment in where they solely discuss transgender rights, and another link to the entire interview so you can get a full context on their conversation and where they discuss healthcare, the 2008 market crash, and human rights. So let's dive in. The first part of the discussion, we're going to look at how transgender acceptance is influencing children in a negative way. This dialogue initially starts when Kyle questions Jordan Peterson about a post that he wrote on Twitter targeting Elliot Page, a famous transgender actor who was featured on a magazine. If you've been following my podcast for a while, 
As Jordan Peterson speaks, someone from the 1970s will come to mind as he describes how transgenderism is going to lead to social depravity. So my question is, is the physician really criminal? If you agree that adults can decide to transition, then why would the physician be criminal? Don't adults have that right if they want to transition? Not everything legal isn't criminal. And do they have that right? See, I would have left Ellen Page alone if she hadn't been parading her new abs in a fashion magazine. How many kids do you think she can convince to convert? A one? Yeah, thousand? No, not See, yeah. I, no, no, really? I want to I respond to that. I yeah. think that with the trans community, it's very similar to the gay community where back when that first became a big issue, people thought, oh, if we talk about it, if it's in magazines or whatever, we're promoting kids to go down that path. But really what happened is people are who they are. And if they're gay, they just decided to be like, yeah, I'm gay. And they were just more open and honest with themselves. So I don't think you're promoting people to do that. You're just saying, if you are that, it's okay. Okay. You're utterly wrong. There's nothing about that that's right. So explain. There has been an absolute look. One of the reasons that I opposed Bill C-16 in Canada to begin with, this pronoun compelled speech bill, was because I knew perfectly well what was going to happen when we introduced confusion about gender identity into the public sphere. Now, the argument was that if we left people with gender dysphoria alone to make their own way and stop torturing them, that we would decrease the mental health load on those individuals. And my analysis as a clinician was that for every one person of that sort that we hypothetically save, we doom a thousand more as a consequence of confusion and social contagion. I knew the literature on psychogenic epidemics. They used to call that mass hysteria. And it's a literature that goes back about 300 years. And whenever you introduce, often when you introduce social confusion, you can produce a psychogenic epidemic, especially among generally it's adolescent females who are most susceptible to it. So I thought, oh, well, what's going to happen is we'll produce a psychogenic epidemic of gender dysphoria among adolescent females. And that is exactly what's happened. And it isn't the fact that we've freed up people who are, what, in doubt about their identity to be who they are. That may have happened in a tiny minority of cases. It's absolutely and definitely the case that we've doomed thousands of kids to brutal, mutilating surgery and premature sterility and we've done that on the altar of our hypothetical moral virtue and compassion. So that was Jordan Peterson giving his take on the social consequences of transgender acceptance. There's a few things I want to point out. First, did you notice how aggressive Jordan Peterson got when Kyle mentioned how historically gay and lesbians were accused of turning children into homosexuals, but that biology has informed us that sexual orientation is a biological identity. Yet, clinical psychologist Jordan Peterson refuses to acknowledge this accepted fact. Now, Jordan Peterson's misunderstanding of human sexuality is like that of Anita Bryan during the 1970s because he makes the exact same accusation that she did 50 years ago, claiming that since Elliot Page is being featured in a magazine, that this will brainwash children into becoming transgender themselves. The thing with that is that gender identity is not something you choose. It's something that's already imprinted in you neurologically. For example, I neurologically define myself as a man because my brain informs me of this. 
Now, if my brain had informed me that I felt like a woman, I would be considered a transgender, assuming I transitioned to my preferred gender. Another way of understanding what I'm trying to say is that the part of the brain that determines our gender identity works differently for each person. Your gender identity might be different from your biological sex, and if it is, then that's just the cards you were dealt with. Just like I was dealt with the cards of being a biological male whose gender identity is that of a man. And I am neither superior nor inferior to you biologically or psychologically. And if anyone informs you otherwise, they are then engaging in a logical fallacy known as the moralistic fallacy. Because to these individuals, anyone that isn't a heterosexual individual goes against nature. But the thing is, nature is the very thing that produces gay, lesbians, transgenders, and maps. And this is because nature does not care about morality, and anyone who claims otherwise does not understand biology. The next thing I want to address is is his pushback on Kyle's comparison on how gay and lesbians reviewed during the 1970s and the current conspiracy theories about transgender people. In the interaction that you just heard, Dr. Jordan Peterson claims that Kyle is incorrect about the example, but the fact is that he isn't. He's actually 100% correct. If you look into the historical treatment of gays and lesbians in the last 70 years in America, you'll find plenty of examples of why the LGBTIA community had been in hiding. The Lavender Scare of the 1950s, the Gay Panic of the 1970s, which gained traction by Anita Bryant, the HIV AIDS epidemic of the 1980s that was initially referred to as the Gay Epidemic. It also didn't help that back in the day being gay or a lesbian was considered a mental disorder according to the DSM-3. The same book that was used by clinical psychologists and psychiatrists to diagnose people. So either Dr. Jordan Peterson doesn't know about the historic oppression of the LGBTQIA community in the United States, or he's sharing disinformation to push a political agenda. If you ask me, I think it's both. Finally, Dr. Jordan Peterson argued that for every one person that is accepted for being a transgendered, we doom a thousand more. And that the reason why people had become transgender is because of mass psychogenic. In other words, people have been socially manipulated into gender dysphoria. Now, in making that statement, what Jordan Peterson is attempting to do is pathologize not only the transgender people, but also the gay and lesbian community. And he will do this throughout his conversation with Kyle. Now, we're going to come back to this point because later, I'll explain why a clinical psychologist like Jordan Peterson fails to understand how the DSM-5 works. But before we move on, I do want to address his claim that by normalizing transgender youth, that this will increase their suicidality. The matter of the fact is, is that this is actually the opposite. Multiple studies on transgender youth have demonstrated that family rejection, school bullying, social stigma, and peer rejection increases the chances of transgender youth to experience depression, anxiety, as well as increase in suicidal ideation by 86% and suicide attempts by 56%. Though it should be noted that the article I just cited primarily uses white transgender males, so take that into consideration when citing this article which I will leave on the show notes below if you're interested in looking into it. Point being is that mental health concerns about transgender people for the most part do not derive from internal stressors. They originate from the external factors created by a society that continues to demonize this community simply because they refuse to educate themselves. And this is specifically true for the African-American transgender community. 
Now, before we go into the gender dysphoria discussion, we're going to jump ahead and listen to how Jordan Peterson talks about transgenderism as a mental disorder, because what he will say will have some truth to it, but without context, it's hard to challenge his claims. So let's see what he says, and I'll come back to make my assessment. This, this, this entire argument, in many ways, is stated so idiotically that it almost defies description. And what do you mean, feel like you're in the wrong body? What well, kind of measurement is that? No, hang on a sec. I was gonna there are rules <laughs> for these sorts of diagnostic decisions. Mm-hmm. Okay. The rule is that you have to make a valid and reliable diagnosis. That's if you're diagnosing depression or anxiety or obsessive compulsive disorder or cancer or anything like that. There are standards that you have to abide by Mm. in order to make a diagnosis, in order to fulfill the obligations of your professional college. If someone comes to you and says, I feel like I have lung cancer, that is not sufficient grounds upon which to formulate a diagnosis, much less proceed to surgery. Mm -hmm. And so the question is, what do you mean by feel? What is that? Is that an emotion? Is it a motivation? Is it a philosophical conclusion? What is it? Alright, so there you heard Dr. Jordan Peterson comparing transgenderism to obsessive compulsive disorder, major depression disorder, anxiety disorder, and cancer. Now, there is some degree of truth into his claim. Because transgenderism, as it is currently understood by the American Psychiatric Association, is regarded as a mental disorder. However, we need to understand what makes a mental disorder. As a listener, ask yourself, what do all mental disorders have in common? I'll help you out. One of the components of a mental disorder is the length in time a person has been experiencing a psychological disorder. For example, in pedophilic disorder, a person must be experiencing an attraction to minors for a period of at least six months. All disorders in DSM-5 have this criteria. The second component is the interpersonal stressor that a mental disorder causes. This is what psychologists social workers, and mental health counselors look for in behaviors when clients come to visit them. They want to know if a behavior is causing an interpersonal stress. If it isn't, then the behavior is not considered a mental disorder. Now, what are interpersonal stressors? These can include having a behavior negatively impact your school, family, and work life. This is important because if you look at the DSM-5 and look up gender dysphoria, criteria B for the disorder requires people, as stated by the book, to be associated with clinically significant distress or impairment in social, occupational, or other important areas of functioning. If a transgender person does not meet criteria B for gender dysphoria, they do not have a mental disorder. My point is even reinforced in the diagnostic feature of the diagnosis manual as it states the following. Individuals with gender dysphoria have a marked congruence between the gender they have been assigned to, usually at birth, referred to as natal gender, and their experienced gender. This discrepancy is the core component of the diagnostic. There must also, and this is the key word also, be evidence of distress about this congruence. As I mentioned earlier, when trans people accept their identity, their distress doesn't derive from their gender identity, which is what the DSM-5 requires it for it to be regarded as a mental disorder. The stressors derive from the social rejection and public humiliation by people like Matt Walsh, who consistently degrade their existence for their own sick pleasure. But as a listener, there's another thing that you should know about how the DSM-5 works. 
Because the diagnostic manual that clinical social workers and clinical psychologists use to create treatment plans for their clients isn't absolute. What do I mean when I say that? Do you know why the DSM has a 5 attached to it? It's because the book has been reviewed multiple times, and with each revision, mental disorders come and go. Remember in the DSM-3, being gay was regarded as a mental disorder. Since then, psychology has improved and we now understand that being gay or a lesbian is not some mental disorder or moral dysfunction, it's just a person's attraction. Another point is that the DSM-5 is a book developed by the American Psychiatric Association, aka the APA. And the key word here is America. In other words, the DSM-5 is only applicable in the United States because the book uses the social standards of this country to determine what's a mental disorder and what isn't. It's why certain mental disorders in the US are non-existent in other countries because society in those nations find their behavior socially acceptable. But apart from what I just said, one of the main reasons why gender dysphoria continues to be included in the DSM-5 isn't because the APA regards it as a mental disorder as much as it's because when clients seek clinical intervention, health insurance wants to know why a transgender is seeking help. And if a person that's a transgender doesn't offer a reason, health insurance often don't cover the cost for these sessions. Now, I've argued that clients and mental health therapists shouldn't use the diagnosis of gender dysphoria to seek coverage. That instead, they should use major depression disorder or something similar. But this is essentially why removing gender dysphoria from the DSM-5 has been a double-edged sword battle for the trans community. Now, before we conclude, I'm going to play Kyle Kalinske's response to Jordan Peterson as he shares a personal story about a trans individual that he knows. I've been doing my show for about a decade, and about two or three years into doing my show, there were, you know, some stories here and there that I covered about the trans issue. Somebody who is trans reached out to me and explained to me in a very straightforward way, yeah, look, I was born biologically female. I feel like I'm biologically male. My reality is never lined up. Well, feel. I'm just explaining what they said, and then you can respond however you'd like to respond. And they told me, as soon as I got the surgery, changed the way I dressed, changed the way I appeared. I felt phenomenally better. And so that's why, at least for me, this was the answer. Now, I think it would be incredibly arrogant for me to say back to that person, no, you shouldn't do that, or I know better than you do for yourself. And that's not to say that every time somebody does this, it works out well, of course, because everybody's an individual. But in some instances, that's the answer. So, you know, me as a simple outsider, I just look at it and say, hey, whatever floats your boat, and if it works, it works. Most of the time, my attitude is you can go to hell in handbasket any way you choose if you're an adult. (laughs) And that's Jordan Peterson for you. There are a few things to note before we come to an end for today's episode. If you remember, the initial question from Kyle Kalinske was whether or not Elliot Page as an adult had the right to transition from female to male. Dr. Jordan Peterson is unable to address this question during his interview because it would go against his principles about individual liberty and exposes his political and cultural hypocrisy. It is for this reason that Jordan Peterson should not be viewed as some intellectual philosopher because the reality is that he isn't. He is just an overhyped clinical psychologist who got lost in his own ego and cannot defend his values without confusing or contradicting himself. I highly recommend listening to the 13-minute segment on on transgender rights because obviously I did not show the whole segment due to copyrights and time restraint. And without watching it, you won't get a full understanding of Dr. Jordan Peterson when it comes to this issue. So check it out. 
for yourself and let me know what you think. So I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you're listening on Spotify, click on that follow button for me. If you're listening on an Apple podcast, click on that subscribe button and leave me a five-star review. By doing so, you help expose this podcast to people who might be interested in conspiracy theories within politics. You can follow me on Facebook and on Instagram at The Social Chemist. If possible, share this podcast with your friends to have some interesting discussions about today's episode. For references, you can find them all in the show notes below. So, with that being said, take care, and as always, question everything with logic.